You're listening to a Glasgow Women's Library podcast. What you're about to hear are extracts from our What Women Talk About When They Talk About Sex discussion workshops, part of the Sex in the Women's Library programme 2015. For more information on the library, our Sex in the Women's Library programme, or any of our other work, please visit our website at womenslibrary.org.uk. Hi everyone, thank you so much for coming. It's brilliant to have you here. Tonight is our sexology discussion groups um, and it's within the wider sexology season which is all supported by the Welcome Collection and it's linking in with work happening in London and Manchester. Here in this discussion group we are working within the model of consciousness raising groups which was a radical feminist model of working together and meeting together that was developed in the second wave of feminism. So the idea is that women come together in groups that are safe spaces for women to talk about the things that they want to talk about and share their truths and explore their feelings about things. So we are thinking about that, we're using that model in terms of sex and sexuality for women in Scotland in 2015. In terms of our ground rules that we've agreed together, these are really important so that the group um, holds together and is safe for everybody. The most important one is confidentiality. So when we leave here, it's important that we don't take anything that we've said here with us and we don't attribute it to anyone. We can use a name that we'd like, so you can all pick a name that's not your own one. You can use your own name if you want, that's absolutely fine. They can be therapeutic, but it's not therapy. And unless someone specifically asks for advice, we're gonna try not to give advice. Try and use the I voice saying like, I feel this, for example, rather than you feel because I is important and what you have to say is important and the personal is political. And finally, we'll just try not to interrupt people while they're speaking. We'll try and hold each other to that and I'm sure it'll be amazing. So thank you all so much for coming and we'll get started. So we haven't, I noticed, talked all that much about our bodies. Well, it's been mentioned, but we've strayed quite a lot into the, the abstract or the theoretical. So we'll start with just a question to get us thinking. What is your favourite body part? My own favourite is my clavicle. I know that's a completely ridiculous thing to say, but I think that's partly because I'm not very keen on the rest of it and that's the bit I can find the least offensive, if I'm honest. Is that both equally clear or do you favour one over the other? I think it's probably because they're quite prominent in me, you know, they're quite obvious. And... Actually, it's very easily it's very easy to um, to see them in a completely non-sensual, non-sexual way. I like my tattoos. I don't know if that counts because they're on my body, uh, mm-hmm. but obviously didn't come with them. <laughs> um, and on other people as well, I think they're. I like. I've got very bad relationship with my body. I've got body dysmorphia. Um, but these are like things that I put there that I like and I have control over them mm-hmm. and yeah I love them and I know that people get them for different reasons but when I see people with tattoos I always think yeah that's really great they, that's a thing that they chose and I, I really like that I mean I don't particularly dislike my body but I don't have a part that I think oh yeah I really like that like that I could put it up there to be a favourite part mm-hmm. so it's oh. quite like you <laughs> <laughs> and I went down for my size 12 to 10 in jeans, so I'm making more of it now as well. So I'm flaunting it all the more. Good for you. Come here, man. You? I think it's brilliant that you can say that. Like, yeah. I, hope, I hope one day to say, I love my bum. 
Uh, I mean, you get people commenting, that makes it even better. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's doing okay, I think. Uh, when we were out a couple of months ago, uh, publicly said, Oh my god, your bum looks amazing in those jeans. Like, I've never noticed it before, like this. And this is like in mixed company. And I was so, like, she was meaning it in such a complimentary way, but I was kind of mortified. Like, <laughs> all these kind of people, like, I was like, I've never met you before. Apparently, it's excellent. But it was interesting because she really meant it in a kind of like positive way, but. I just, I just found it really hard to take a compliment. Yeah. <laughs> oh. How would, how do you think you might react differently? I'm trying to think how I might react differently if somebody commented, say, on my bum, that's a body part that I see as sexualized, mm. whereas, like, <clears throat> my forearm, it's a grand forearm, but it's not, you know, it's not <laughs> super sexy. Um, and I wonder, like, if that, I wonder for me, I think that would change my reaction. I think in the situation you described, I would be, totally scarlet but say if it was like oh you've got a really nice I can't think of another body part fingers. yeah fingers yeah your hands are lovely I think I'd be much I'd feel much more comfortable with that I don't know what, if you think the same or yeah, and I think she did mean it in a kind of sexual way like like that looks hot yeah <laughs> um, which I think is what I found uncomfortable mm-hmm. and if it had been a man who'd have said that to me like she's a good friend and I know that she meant it in a genuine way but like if a man had said that to me, I would have been like, like you have no right to say that to me. And I wonder whether there's no right to say something is about is about our own discomfort because there's clearly an element of discomfort just having to answer the question, and that's a real shame because when you look at and you see all these beautiful women, and it, 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 it is such a tricky thing for many many women, I think, to actually feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. in their own skin enough to say that A, they feel comfortable but an even bigger step to say that there's part of their body that they love or, you know, have accepted fully yeah. and, you know, I've done a lot of my own work on that and it takes a long time and, and, but, it, but the place that you're coming from seems so ingrained and so... You can, I can't imagine being without a sense of my body loathing almost because I've always... I, I feel like I've always had mm-hmm. it and I can't imagine what it would be like to be without it which means it must be something that's been with me for a great deal of my life where that mm. came from. I'm, I, I'm, I don't think, I, I don't remember a specific instant that brought it to me, but it's just always felt that way. So, like, I was uh, seeing my pals last night and I've known her daughters since they were born. And now they're they're teenagers, they're young women. And they're so stylish and they were so, well, they were so well-dressed as children in a way that I didn't, pay attention to what I wore as a kid you know I was like a big baggy t-shirt and leggings and that was me happy as Larry it's pretty much what I dress like now (laughs) but uh, yeah I wonder if that's part of it the fact that now children like the clothing has has become more diverse I suppose but it's also it's a lot fancier and there's a lot there just seems to be that pressure has gone from for me it definitely started as a teenager and I wonder if that now because you hear about kids worrying about their weight when they're like you know five or six and you just think you know the, the clothing um, like a baby grow saying for a girl saying I hate my thighs I think it comes from a really young age I, I know from my own experience I suppose a lot of it comes from the, the women around you as well you know like I know my own mum had like kind of 
major issues with her own body. So I grew up listening to a woman mm-hmm. saying how, you know, don't get fat like me or don't don't be you know, don't be like this. So I suppose from a very early age you become conscious mm-hmm. of oh, that is a thing. You know, it, it doesn't really matter that I think you're great and all of the things that you do and that you're intelligent and that you're beautiful and that you're loving, that's irrelevant because I now know that that's a bad thing to to be effectively, which is kind of, it's interesting because I guess probably without even knowing it, that stuff mm. kind of permeates and I assume for her there was a similar trajectory as well, so mm. it's, it's kind of, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting to talk about because I suppose it is, um, it's, it seems almost wrong in a way to identify a part of yourself that you're like, oh no, I, I do like that bit, that I'm cool with it. It's sort of like that's not allowed in a sense, mm. which is interesting. Mm. Now you said that uh, I I remember that um, I have memory from almost being a preschool. I remember like crying because my mother was trying to make me wear uh, some short-term socks, uh, but I wanted to to wear the other ones up to the knee uh, because my legs were fat. I was thinking at this age that my and was like. Oh, well, and she's like, no, where's she going to put this in? She made me wear the other ones, and, and I was feeling so horrible. And I'm pretty sure it was preschool because I remember myself in this house that we were living before I went to school having this. Uh, and, I was, and I was thinking, but who made me think? But I, again, I think as a, as a small child, you see the other children who are... And sort of like doll-like, and not this doll-like at all. I'm fat, I've got fat legs, or whatever. Um, at that age, which was before five. Uh, <laughs> um, but uh, which seems to, to sort of have reversed things. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to, to think which part of my body I like, and and I know that I'm looking when I'm looking at my my foot, um, and I'm looking at my foot because I ha- I'm. I was a dancer and I was like ballet trained, so my foot is very strong. Uh, and it's like this kind of strength that it has. And this, uh, this idea that if somebody attacks me that nobody has ever ever tried, mm-hmm. uh, he will get a kick with my foot. And I can visualize that and I'm thinking, ah. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And I keep looking at it and thinking, yes. <laughs> so yeah, that's the answer. <laughs> <laughs> but it hasn't happened, and it's probably not. Uh, it's not probably not um, very logical. Like m- maybe I'm not going to be able to do that because if I can't, I might fall down or whatever. But it hasn't happened. Uh, and <laughs> one thing that occurs to me just while we're talking is looking back. Like I can say, I see a picture of myself when I was like. 18, 20, 22, I could look at this picture and be like, oh my God, look, I was so lovely. I had, look at my legs. I've got these amazing, beautiful, long legs. Really gorgeous. And I remember when I was 18, looking at myself in the mirror and going, oh my God, your legs are so disgusting. You are gross. (laughs) And so now it's like, I don't even know, I don't even know what I think because I can look at myself in the mirror and have this horrible thought. Mm. And I'm like, I think no matter what I look like, I will have this same negative yeah. thought like my body has changed a lot since I was since I was 18 looking back I think it was perfect and now I hate what I have now and like what's going to happen when, when I'm you're 50 yeah, like, you look when, back to now and well you know so it's it's strange 
Um, and I sometimes think when you're talking about the kind of the pressure that you experience when you're a teenager, and I, I think yeah, I definitely know I felt it, and I feel so sorry for past me. I'm like, you're great. You shouldn't have. You shouldn't have thought that. Um, maybe future me will think the same. I don't know. Do you think your perception of your own body changes according to who you're with at the time, like other people? When I was in high school, Mean Girls was like a big thing. So there was like this want to be like the plastics. So everybody would like discuss at great length the calorie content of lunch. Mm -hmm. And like there was then this huge sort of focus on like, oh, like I'm just going to have to take some lettuce because otherwise so and so will judge me. Like, oh God. From really early on, comparing yourself to everybody else instead of going, oh, like, well, of course my body's different because we're totally different people. That's how it's meant to be. Like, but instead, just trying to desperately be the same as someone else or desperately fit into this mold that you're you're clearly not because you're not those people. Um, and it, yeah, I kind of noticed that then my kind of fears of all that stuff were, mu you know, in high school times were much more present than like now when I'm sort of in a community of people who look to live more kind of openly and accepting of lots of different people so it's sort of like my perception of my own self has changed massively which is yes I think I think in those terms I think the people you're with do can affect how you feel about yourself mm. um, because I think if you surround yourself with people who try their very best to not be judgmental then you sort of live with that as well yeah. so you kind of you know and if you think to yourself oh like would I would I be that hard on someone else like probably not so I I'll try not to be to myself but mm -hmm. it's much easier said than done yeah. I guess mm -hmm. but yeah it's very easy for me to kind of dissociate from my body yeah. I kind of walk around as a person without a body and it's taken a lot of hard work to kind of become an embodied female almost and to express that femininity through a sense of embodied power um, and it's hard and it's I, I find it really difficult but there is something very very lovely about it in those moments when you can achieve it I think you know there is something very powerful about an embodied female who expresses their femininity and their sexual energy through their through the the vessel that they've been given to carry it around it. but that can change depending on who you're with I think Get a fabulously supportive partner it's easier I have to say that my, my body my, my kind of body perception changes with my menstrual cycle for yeah. example <laughs> so you know if I'm mid-cycle I might think I'm God's gift and you know and then I, you know I get to pre-menstrual and I'm, I, I hate myself you know so I think there is a cyclical nature to all of those things for women that 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 is purely feminine I think but it's difficult I think to stay in your body if you're the kind of person who's has had has a kind of negative body experience. I definitely think that there should be some sort of warning label for changing room doors, saying you know if you're having a shit day, don't even <laughs> don't even get naked in this mirror because it's not going to go well. <laughs> or there should be some sort of like helpline phone. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if you're crying in the mirror, don't worry, we'll send someone running with like you know a cup of tea and I don't know. But yeah. Um, yeah, I definitely do that disembodied thing. And I think because um, I have no problem, like I'm smart and I know that and that is something that I can, like no one can take that away and I can't, mm. there's not a time that, I maybe feel less confident, but I feel like, no, I know I'm, I know I'm intelligent. So that's, mm. that's kind of untouchable. Mm. I don't know. I would really like to feel more positive mm. all the time and just walk about being like, oh, I'm amazing. I love everything about myself. <laughs>
I'm quite intrigued to know how people's perception of the body affects their sexual life. Whether anybody wants that, take me up on it. But you know, I'm in, I, I find that really intriguing. But body is important. Uh, outside, a perfect body, everybody feeling uh, that not perfect body has someone. No, feeling is different. Maybe they were happy than us. Mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, some some people also they are like. I have to perfect everything, and I don't think their sex life not much better than others' perfect mm-hmm. bodies. I don't think Marla Monroe ha- more happy than us. Mm-hmm. She had lots of problems. I definitely think if I was thinner, I would enjoy sex more. I have no idea. <laughs> you know, there's no basis for that. There's no, or there's no evidence to back that up. But I feel like because sometimes I'll feel great, but sometimes. Sometimes I'd rather be in front of a mirror and sometimes I would, you know, anything but and turn the lights off and I'm not, you know, interested. And I think what you're saying about where you are in your cycle or just where you are with your levels of confidence at the time, sometimes I'm like, yes, I will wear the best underwear and I'll look fabulous and it'll be great. And sometimes, yeah, I've never uh, wanted to take any pictures or film because I know that if I look back and it was mm. I, f- I would find something even if mm. I looked amazing I would find like oh yeah. <laughs> my feet were looking odd or you know something completely <laughs> absurd and then that would be what I would take away from that because mm. and I've so I've always thought no I'd that would spoil it for me yeah I think for me it's interesting actually because with every other kind of conversation about body my instinctive kind of go-to is a and it and I've, I feel like I've been hearing that in reflection from this, is like the kind of issue around weight and how women feel about weight is like heavily discussed, which is interesting because I think for me in a kind of sexual sense, I'll sort of read articles about things and be like, oh, maybe maybe if I was like really flexible and could get my feet behind my head, like that would be great. Like I'd love sex so much more, like, oh, maybe I'll try that. And then realize that I can't get my feet behind my head. Then I'm like, oh, oh well I just won't do that then and you know like sort of then critique my own ability to be like it's it's aspects of the body that then I think oh I wish I had that like I wish I was had like super strength or was extra flexible or was like tiny tiny and that someone could throw me against the wall or something like that you know like that sounded much worse than I actually meant it to be I know where you're going from you know where I'm going from excellent but like yeah um like those kind of things, I think I think of more than like how I look, because I think. Um, but I think that's also dependent on your partner as well, on who you're having sex with at that time. Because I know um, I see that now in a kind of from a perspective of having sex in a monogamous relationship, where there's a great deal of trust and kind of appreciation for one another as people. So I feel that kind of more body confident in terms of how I how I look or how I appear and my own physicality whereas I know previously I've been much more sort of like censored my own kind of sexual explorations because of fear of not looking like girls doing magazines or Mm -hmm. you know would if if I have sex with this person it it won't be like porn you know and and the knowledge of that is kind Mm -hmm. of censored kind of what what I want to try and what I want to do um, so yeah, I think yeah, I think that's interesting because I think it does change depending on on where you are and yourself and and the kind of relationship you have with the person you're having sex with as well. I think that that's a huge a huge part of it mm-hmm. for for me actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm glad you said that <laughs> <laughs> um, because um, 
in my logical mind, that's how it should be. <laughs> Although it hasn't happened to me, so um, that might have something to do with me or with the context. Um, in you know, monogamous relationships, I still was worried uh, that I'm not. Um, but I think that had to do with the partners rather than the setup. So I'm glad to say that, you know, that is possible. <laughs> um, I think this is reaction, isn't it? If you give someone like physics, give and come back to you, positive things and if good relationship and enjoying from everything. The sexiest I've ever felt was when I first met my now husband and we started going out and he had this just total like looking back it's probably disbelief that he was like oh my god I'm having sex with someone (laughs) he just kept saying like you know you're so beautiful or you're so stunning or you know whatever and it was just it was amazing I felt so appreciated and and that's different to what you were saying now about the kind of you know the trust and the closeness because you didn't have that then I mean it was kind of there but it wasn't the same depth whereas so now he would be much better like if I was, you know, in a changing room having a terrible time, then he'd be much better now at like cheering me up and, and kind of being really honest about that and that would be good. But it's not the same, I think, as that sort of newness and because maybe it's the vulnerability as well, because it was like I'm literally bearing myself to this person and, and they could reject that and that's really terrifying and but he likes it. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> I think it can be really difficult. I mean I, I've been I've been with my husband for nearly 20 years and but you know and not all of those 20 years anyways in a long-term relationship have been great and you know I, I find it perfectly possible for me to entirely dissociate from my body when I'm having sex so I can have sex and have and and have an orgasm in a nice time whilst I am somewhere else now that's not I, I, I'm not I'm not suggesting that's what you want to do but I'm, I, I am aware that I'm able to do it and that's at the times when I'm really not feeling great about myself or whatever else I've been but but the flip side of that is when you can stay embodied it is a completely different experience you know one is a kind of physical almost like a kind of physical release as opposed to a kind of connection with somebody else but you know I'm not ashamed to say it it's it's true but you know I I, that's what I've had times in my life where that's what has happened I've been having sex and I've not been there my body can deal with it as in you know I can have a, a sexual experience I can climax can have an orgasm and just not be there. And times in my head actually thinking, I don't want to be doing this. You know, it's, it's this real terrible conflict. Um, and that, that does represent times in my life where things have not been that great or I've not felt good about myself or I've not been in a great place. Um, I would much prefer the other one where you are truly embodied and it is a really amazing experience. Um, you know, kind of life-changing, universe-opening type experience. Um, but you have to be able to to have those kind of experiences. You really have to be able to totally surrender and let go. I don't mean surrender to your partner. I mean surrender to yourself mm-hmm. and let go. And I don't know how you do that if you can't be at peace with your body. And I think a lot of women do miss out on that real sense of, I don't want to say spiritual sex. That sounds a bit wanky, but you know what I mean? In terms of that, that, <laughs> that kind of sex as a spiritual experience thing, it, I, I can't imagine how you could do that if you're living with a constant sense of self Thing. I agree with you about that and in, in, in relation to the original question that you asked um, whether the body perception affects uh, to me that happens when, when I feel uh, connected with my own body um, not, not, not necessarily liking it more yeah, but just, yeah, just like it, yeah, yeah. then it, it all works um, much better but that again depends on the partner as well 
and not yeah i mean sometimes it's not necessarily the be- the behavior of the person whether somebody is consciously negative or or judgmental yeah. or that, but other other gestures and things that are just part of the person mm. uh, which are not necessarily good or bad but they just help with that um so yeah the perception really uh, is important i think mm. Mm. I think it's interesting the conflict you were talking about that the kind of the the main thing of like I really don't want this right now actually I'd rather do whatever but your kind of body saying like no I do I do like sex is good for me right now because I guess it is it is a physical act you know so there is sometimes that kind of that that disembodied kind of mind thing that we all do at various times and for various reasons I was wondering whether, it's, whether there's an element of, of people who've experienced a sexual trauma of some description, which I did when I was younger, whether that, that there's an element there where you learn that, that concept of dissociating um, that isn't actually helpful if you find yourself in a, in a good relationship, but it, it kind of almost becomes a part of you or a habit or something that you do. Do I find it really interesting where you were saying about you don't need to be in your body to have an orgasm because I couldn't yeah I have to be I have to it's like if I'm struggling to get there I have to like write you know give myself a stern talking to you and be like <laughs> put your to-do list to the side in my head you know put it in a box and like, focus on what's happening that's quite nice you know <laughs> and uh, but you know like because I can I and I don't orgasm every time and that's absolutely fine for me but I can't unless my head is in it which is interesting I have to say the times that I, in those particular times the time was not a particularly easy time in my life I would say and actually it's not what I want it's not what I want to be doing and my head is going what are you doing you know that actually you don't even want to be this is all happening you know it was, it was you know it's not a pleasant I wouldn't I wouldn't advocate it it's not a pleasant experience um but but it has happened to me and um, again that may well be in your subconscious I suppose there is an element of trust and safety and all like a thing with you being, when you've been with a partner for a long time that you in some way you, although you're not really in your conscious mind wanting it to happen in your subconscious you know that you're safe and it will be alright and that kind of expresses itself in your body but but I can't get if my head's not there not that's not quite I was going to say if my head's not there I can't get I find it harder to get going if my head's not there but once I'm there once I'm kind of once everything is flowing <laughs> um I can, you know, I can leave it, but I would find it, I would find it hard to, to get started, I think, if my head wasn't there. Mm-hmm.